Hi everyone, you are tuned in to the That Christian Next Door podcast. I'm your host, Samuel Abassi, and in this episode, which is the first of two parts, I am speaking with Pastor Daiwil Bangale. He is a pastor living in Ireland who outreaches all over the world, including in his beloved Nigeria. He has extensive experience of the Irish Christian family, of community work in Ireland, and of reaching out across the barriers that separate us from each other. It was a pleasure and a really insightful time speaking with him. In this episode, we discuss including ourselves in the community as Christians, what Christianity means, and some of the existential threats to the faith in Ireland, and the role that young people can play in surmounting these challenges. Be blessed as you listen and share with someone, including your church leaders. This is the conversation we had. So, hi everyone. It's a pleasure to have with me today um, someone I, I respect totally, a passionate Christian and an advocate for inclusive communities in Ireland, Pastor Daiwil Bankole. How are you doing? I'm fine. Thank you very much. Happy to be here with you. Yeah. Before we started recording, we, we spoke a little bit about some of your work with youths and with the community. I've seen you post uh, on social media some of the things you do. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, well, with regards to that, um, at the moment, the most recent one that I love most was when I visited a group called um, the Open Circle, yes. Open Circle in the city, and uh, it's a non-denominational kind of a fellowship where young people come together, and uh, I'm so happy to see that happen. But in the past, I've always been an advocate to uh, see young people take their place in the kingdom and in the nation and impacting and contributing to the uh, well-being of the people uh, over the years uh, many years back i was privileged to to work with the redeemed christian church of god as a pastor as a, a senior pastor at some level and then coordinating uh, the choir at some stage the national choir the youth uh, youth national youth fellowship then singles so that love for the young people still remains so going to that kind of a meeting was a great one to to just hear my views and everything and i thank god god is doing great things in ireland at the moment yeah so thanks for joining us anyways on the podcast uh, for some background i guess you, you mentioned youth and youth was the the basis uh, through which we met so right. we met yeah, yeah, um, yeah at Youth Camp Ireland a few years ago, mm. organized by um, RCCG, yeah. the Redeemed Christian Church of God. And uh, we developed uh, a bond there. We got to know each other a little bit. Yeah. And I found you quite approachable. And I think that's why it was easy for me to be able to reach out to you, knowing that potentially you might be willing to, to, yeah. to do this. We also don't live too far away. Uh, we live both in North Dublin. And you have done, as you just said, a considerable amount of work in terms of godly relationships, in terms of younger people, but also kind of older people as well. Mm -hmm. But then also, as you said, community work and working with young adults and young Christians. Mm -hmm. Tell me about the community work. Yeah, the community work, I believe that the church, the four walls of the church is not just the limit to which we can be impactful. I believe our catchment area is our communities everywhere, you know, we should bring God to the marketplace. Uh, that's what some other theologians and some pastors will call outside the church, the marketplace. So, um, so I, even in, I live in Cadrock, I started with being part of the, um, the policing forum mm. for the council of Babrigan at large. I've done some projects in the past called Kelura when our church was in Swords. So we did a community project whereby over 16 nationalities came together and brought their food and dance. I did that consecutively for three years uh, before we stopped many years back. I also was privileged to work with Finca County Council directly in, in the sense that uh, an organization which is still up and running, which is called Fingal Ethnic Network, is was a network that has over 30 nationalities in Ireland. 
uh, but because it's fingal, it's mainly the fingal area whereby we work together to share information, to support one another and everything. And I was privileged to serve based on my career, uh, based on my professionalism as an accountant to head the accounting department for the group for, for about two years and then later became the president of the group for about two years as well. And after that one, uh, I came off being the president and served at other capacity, even in the youth end of the Finger Ethnic Network. Um, and I've been part of some other group right now. Um, I'm privileged to be coordinating a group called Team Talk okay. in Brigham. Okay. Um, that is an ongoing team for over six years right now. Right. And young people, and it's only for teenagers, basically. Mm -hmm. And that sprang up from the issues that was coming up within the community. There was a lot of, um, I'm, 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 I'm from Africa basically, and, uh, and I was hearing a lot of issues that, that has to do with all oh, the black community and everything. So it, rather than just talking, my only way of doing that was to work with a particular school and the principal. Uh, there were issues coming up from that particular school. So I had to do one or two things to liaise with them and liaise with, because I felt that people didn't understand the cultural difference, Yeah, you know, and some, some, something very simple. But then I was privileged to, to work with the school and also come up with some kind of a place where the people can talk. The word itself is thing talk. So mm -hmm. I found that parents want to say something to their children, but they, we hear from parents as a parent too that they never listen. And I haven't related with many of the young people. I discovered mm. they are trying to communicate to their parents. Yeah. And they said, I don't know, the parents would never listen to us. So I said, okay, now <laughs> I bring the young people together to mm. talk. Okay. And amazingly, amazingly, I bring those sensitive conversations that they, the parent would like to talk to them, to discuss within themselves. And you'll be amazed the amount of intelligence the wisdom that is brought on the table but because they are saying it to themselves they listen yeah. there you go yeah. i said bang yeah. you know so things that will not be discussed in school this that will not be discussed in other places mm. even in at home we talk about it the last time we had we talked about anxiety mm. and we discovered that from from statistics that for for every eight young person one has anxiety issues yeah it's 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 uh it's that so that 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 just stop that. That's just a, a kind of a brief um, uh, thing, and I think there's still more to be done. Basically, yeah, there's a lot more to be done within the community. Just very few doing so much can be a bit tiring. And, yeah, yeah. It, it needs to be more spread out. Yeah, yeah, there are more people to get involved with the community. Basically, mm -hmm. yeah. Okay, so um, you've spoken now about some of the things that you do. Mm -hmm. um, let's talk a little bit about yourself. Okay and your work and your passion for Jesus Christ. Just give us a, a little bit of a background, I oh, guess. Oh, oh, well, my, 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 I'm a PK. I'm a pastor's kid, okay? Uh -huh. So all my, all my life is like, by the time you hear my name, you know, okay, this guy, his hmm. dad must be some kind of a religious person. Yeah. So they, that's why I got the name that I will. And, um, but at a point in my life, I... Uh, um, the Lord touched my life and I gave my life to Christ, to Christ and, um, you know, and I found fun, so much fun in being a child of God. Uh, I still had my, I love music, so I still had the chance to do music and everything and before you knew it, I had so many prophecies and pastors preaching and suddenly they just suddenly stop and bring me out, oh, God of God is calling you, I said, oh, I hear you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I didn't want to go in the line of my father, but somehow I found myself still doing youth teen, even at my teenage years, my co after college, and uh, coming to Ireland, I found myself serving, mm -hmm. and while I was serving, I became a deacon, I said, deacon is okay, you know, before you knew it, oh, you're going to be the pastor, oh, no, mm -hmm. but I, I found myself being a pastor for many years in the redeemed Christian Church of mm -hmm. God, till the level of being an area pastor, okay. overseeing seven church, six churches. And, um, yeah, I had to, by the grace of God, connected with some other institution, Christian organization within mm -hmm. the country. Mm -hmm. There was a good time that 
I got involved with a campaign called one of the largest media campaign for Christian called Power to Change in Ireland. Okay. Yeah, uh, a couple of years back, and I did or um, I worked with Urban Soul, with, which went on every year is a youth community project in in the heart of the city in Dublin okay. for about six years, where the Church of Ireland. So many other individual in, in, independent churches were, and I was bringing in the redeemed youth in, and they, did, yeah. they really did very well during that period. Um, there was a group called Join the Nation, which is mainly uh, people from from Africa, which I'm part of. Uh, the Lord helped me to work with the redeemed to run a project called Summer Fest. Summer Fest. Yes, uh, I was one of the um, seven leader in the group for over seven, eight years. And right now, um, 10 years ago, because of the passing away of my father, uh, suddenly the mantle of overseeing the church in Nigeria, mainly in Nigeria. The, the church your father started? Yeah, the church my father started 30 years back. Okay. Um, I presently oversee the church, okay. uh, which is about seven churches at the, at the, at the moment mm. in Nigeria. Um, so. But there's so much work to be done, yeah. and um, thank God for having a very good wife and wonderful children that mm. understand. So my, mm. I'm always traveling back and forth, back to Africa and back here as well. But it's a privilege to serve. I believe that uh, there are many people who could do what I do better. Yeah. But if God has counted me to do this, and I'm alive, yeah. the best person to work for is, is God. And he has a way of rewarding people too. So that's a, that's a bonus. You know? I, I guess another thing, a way of saying what you're saying is the best person to do it is the person who's willing to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but it, it never really started that way. I, I don't want, I did not want to. Hmm. You know, but it's just that somehow being a pastor, being a church leader, it can be very draining, can yeah. be very demanding. Yeah. And you, you have to be you have to be a doctor sometimes. <laughs> you have to be, a, you know, a babysitter. A babysitter. You have to so many things. A bus driver. Yeah, a bus driver. You know, a, a taxi cab. Like you know, and then you have to cook sometimes. You have to. You have, can be a cleaner. To mm -hmm. be honest with you, you you got to be a cleaner to be. I mean, you just yeah. have to clean and everything. But somehow, I, I I see God giving enough grace to handle it at that point, even when. Men sometimes once in a while show they don't appreciate that. Mm. You know, we're being consoled by the love of God that constrains us to keep doing it. But what, every time that stage passes, I just thank God that we, we, we went through that. And, um, and is there one moment in your life that, uh, you know, drove the passion, that grew the passion? God has been so kind enough to once in a while drop those kind of moments when you see um, tremendous changes in people's life. Mm. At the time when things were really down, you just see the kind of move of God. Maybe you went to a meeting and then you know, are you the one doing this? God, what's mm. happening here, God? Mm. Man, I like this, you know, that mm. kind of, that's unusual, supernatural move of God that, you know, uh, like sometimes when you travel to a place and then suddenly you I've always admired prophets and everything, and mm. then you get to a place and you're operating in the supernatural. That's God. you know that it's not you. You yeah. obviously know, and I just say, okay, if you that means you're here. Thank you, God. So, mm. and that kind of motivators. And sometimes it is when uh, this one is a, is a is a very important one. I was really really financially down. Mm. I mean, like. In kind of a place like this, if you if pastors talk about money, they are yeah. automatically you're like you're just, you're kind of shooting yourself on the foot like you're oh black, this is blacklisted. yeah this is one of them you know it, I, I mean this is all we do like basically and you'll be waiting that somebody will think about it but if they don't that's fine but when all thing everything all the chips were down and everything and somebody just said. God just told me to come and bless you. Mm. And I just looked at my wife. I couldn't cry. I was like, God, mm. I really, really going to stab you, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know that kind of thing. So you, you, you're not leaving me high and dry, you know. Mm. So those moments, God has a timing. He just brings it on 
every now and then just to keep me <laughs> otherwise I could, I, I'm not I would say I'm that strong in my faith like but God has just been so faithful and I, I'm so grateful to God for that and I guess as well you know you're working from the perspective that God is also your reward oh right? yeah he is he's surely he is surely a, um, a rewarder of those that diligently seek him that the word there is keyword is diligent Mm. You know, and uh, you don't just do it, mm. but you do it in his way, yeah. um, and it's timing too. I I don't think it's something where you would have a lot of success if you were doing it with a grudge or you were doing it, you know. Yeah, that is one of the biggest challenge of Christians generally. Mm. We we kind of when you call the person a, a, a preacher, mm. they've gone beyond oh stealing, oh you know maybe doing any immoral act and everything. But the thing that the enemy uses against us is things like anger, bitterness, mm. unforgiveness. Mm. And we, we have to do a double check on ourselves every now and then. Yeah. And because we, you know, we quote the scripture before, you know, dang, like, you know, um, you know, we're not ignorant of the devices of the Oh, sometimes <laughs> I tell you, we sometimes are ignorant. Yeah. If there's any other word, yeah, we are because the devil cheats on us on that, and then we pray, and then our prayer is not answered simply because we choose not to forgive the people who hurt us. There's no doubt about the hurting, but mm -hmm. the reactions to those hearts yeah, yeah. that the devil is capitalizing on and stopping our blessings from coming into our life. I think uh, somewhere in the Bible talks about the little foxes. Yeah, that's what the whole bunch. There's so much on ground, but mm -hmm. just one thing, one mm -hmm. tiny thing, and this this can be. This is what we as humans would not grasp. We we do so much as much as anybody getting ninety percent, mm. ninety five, mm. ninety eight. Ooh, you hot, mm. <laughs> you good. Mm. But then God is not asking for ninety eight percent. He needs hundred. Mm. You see, onto that hundred is because devil needs just one. Yeah, to do all the havoc. So he can he can go won't take that chance to allow one person. Now I, I, I a long time ago I did an analysis and I was just preaching and I tried to do the statistics of how many babies being born in a day. Mm. And somebody just said, Oh, you know what? Let just one percent of the two children die. Mm. Do you know how many would die? That's a substantial amount. That's it. One person is a Big number, so we can't afford to just let it go and just say, "Oh, as much as God gives you grace, mm. you know, giving everything." I, I believe that's what is God is requiring from us, and His grace is sufficient for us anyway. Yeah, and, and I, I guess as well, um, you know, this hundred percent that we're asked to give, this everything, mm. it's just for this brief moment of eternity, you know. Yeah, yeah, I know that. It depends on if the person is really, really comparing it with eternity. Mm. Because in life here, one year is like a big deal. And yeah. look, yeah. I am seeing December right in front of me. And I remember when this year started. Like It was like, some mm. of us can't even remember what happened between that COVID. Mm. It's only the major things, people that passed on and things like that. The thing, that period just went just like that. It, there was a chunk taken out of the life of so many people on the face of the earth yeah. within that COVID. Yeah. Gone. Yeah. So time flies, but sometimes it looks like it's forever. Mm. And, and that fear doesn't help us to be able to genuinely equate it, saying, look, if, if I live another... I ask people, how old are you right now? Mm. Whatever age you are right now, add 50 years to it. Okay, you know what? Let me just be generous. I give you another 100 years. <laughs> you know, whatever age you are, I give you another hundred years, mm. you're going to die. Mm. And then can you compare that to eternity? Yeah. No, it's not. It's not. It's not worth it. Yeah. It's not worth it. Um, God help us. May God help us. Definitely. Yeah. Amen. Definitely. So um, when I approached you then about the podcast, yeah. um, as you said, you have done some work with the Open Circle and all that. Yeah. Uh, working with some of these uh, young folks talking about how... Um, there needs to be, I guess, a, a better cooperation between, I guess, younger Christians and, I guess, the establishment Christians. Uh, but then as well, you mentioned about how, you know, it's, it's, a, it's an issue of perspective. You know, it's an issue of having particular structures in place. Uh, 
So tell me a little bit about your vision for the church in Ireland going forward, but I guess for the church, maybe globally, because I guess you are global in a way. You, you did, you spend a lot of your time in Nigeria, and I think you have also kind of done outreach in, in yeah. different countries. Yeah. So what's your vision for the church in Ireland going forward, but then also just globally, what are the challenges that we're facing? Now, one of the things that I think that every, every man, every woman, every child of God should put in mind is that God is not calling you to everybody. It's mm. calling you to a specific area. Your, your your scope of influence trying to do everybody trying to do everything wouldn't go too far but the few the little scope that you have work on it and based on that mm. i am focusing on leadership mm. i am focusing on um helping the pastors to realize the need for a cross-generational approach to church we came here, uh, basically there have been Africans or non-Irish uh, non who have come from African descent to Ireland way back. Because when I came, I met people who were born here by Nigerian parents. Mm. And they were mature people, which is about 24 years ago. Mm. So, and there were pockets of them, one or two. It's not like they were all over the place. Because at the time I came, I still, I saw... You know, one of the most interesting ones was when I was in Tala and the girl was like, she wanted, she literally asked if she could touch my hair. <laughs> so I was kind enough <laughs> and I was afraid myself and I bent down and she told me, it's coily. I said, yeah, I was feeling cool with myself. Like, man, this guy has seen no handsome guy before, but, but right now nobody cares. Like, they've yeah, seen yeah. too many of them all over the place. It was that, it was that unique at, at that time. Mm. And then we came into the country, we had big children, and the children then are the young adults now. Parents, they're actually parents now, okay? So the question is, what have we done within that period of, of growth in the life of those people? And that was the time when I was also privileged to serve. We seen pockets of them striving and doing great things. But one of the things I, I see is that the platform for service have not been well created enough. Mm. And this and this 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 it is it is the first time I'm gonna say it straight up like the church needs more people. The church is not getting more people. The reason the church is not getting more people is that the pool of the people is so small and the number of units are so large. We have all the churches, other denomination in the nation and all the people that comes to these denominations are limited to people from their own countries or nationalities and things like that. So until we're able to cross outside with our own ethnic group and everything and Indians can come, the Chinese can come, Americans can come, we're not going to go too far. Now, we, someone like myself, I'm a crusader for a multicultural church and everything. To be honest with you, I'll be honest with you, I didn't do too well. I did everything I can. Did study, did project, did things, worked with them the people that I wish they would come. But I didn't go too far. I said, okay, God, maybe you didn't give me that. That's fine. But what about these guys who literally live and don't know anything about where I come from? They will be the only tool that can be used because they think like them, they talk like them, they can easily relate with them. So why are they not empowered to do the job? Why are they not educated? Why are they not schooled? Because there's a way about this thing. In life, people go far based on knowledge. And there's a lot of saying in the Bible that talks about, I wish that you be not ignorant of this thing. Ignorant. So you can be ignorant of a good thing and yet fail in the thing because you don't know. Mm -hmm. Knowledge is power. You shall know the truth. The truth you know and you walk with and, and believe in will set you free. Yeah. So 
the young people, they know so much, but they still don't know some certain things. Yeah. And it's more practical, not just head knowledge. So with the little we know, how much of it are we giving to these guys that are so brainy, they're brainiacs and so intelligent? How much are we giving to them? I don't know how. But if you do, if you're teaching, I'm not, I'm not allowed people to practice what they have been taught the highest level of training is this observe observation and uh, practice which they call apprenticeship is the most effective you are not only just telling them things they are literally doing it they, they put their hands on it they start with just saying and at a point you tell them hold it with me and at the point you leave it to them to do it make their mistake and you correct them that must be happening now because most of the people who were then, 24 years ago, are in their 50s. If you don't do anything now, at 60s, they, they are no good. They should sit down and go and relax, man. That's the fact. 10 years from now. I understand what you're saying. That there is a need, certainly. To I'm sorry, I'm just getting emotional. <laughs> No, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> no, but, but, but that's the that's the I, that's the thing. That's the thing. Yeah. Well, this like when you're passionate about something, um, as as you are about you know Christianity and about the church in Ireland, um, it it, it should show. And and when things aren't going as you know ideally we would like them to, there is a place to say it. Yeah. And yeah. it is true, um, and we have said it in the podcast as well, that you know the numbers attending church is receding, the number of people who identify as Christians is, is reducing. Um, can, I, can, I, can I say, can I say, say that, the, that, that fact that you just talked about is a global thing. Mm. Now the question is, we can leave it to chance. Mm. There must be a deliberate strategic walk towards it. Mm. So... As you asked, what can we do about it is to, first of all, find a meeting ground. Be open to kind of a meeting like, like we are having right now. And just share ideas. Go to meetings, not just wait for wait for them to come to you. You go to them and say, listen, like the Bible says, come, let us reason together. Let's get this job done. How do we do it? Empower them, support them, finance things like that. And then we begin to break barriers and begin to make take strides and remove all the all the differences and all the dichotomy and all the you know and put them away. There's always a common ground. Jesus is the common ground. Mm. I, I don't mind whatever you're believing in anything, but if you're if we can love each other enough to do his will, it's okay. Mm. God is dealing with you individually. My weakness is not my is not in my place to now be like. Oh, because you're this and that, I can't walk with you. No, God is dealing with them. It's, every one of us, we are a work in progress. And, and, and that's why there's a need for us to put strategic things on ground. And there are, there are books on that note. There are courses on that note. And there are people who have done things in that line that can really sit down and do seminars and training and then watch it and systematically work on it. Mm. It's possible. Yeah. It's possible. Yeah. 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 Okay. So one of the motivations for the podcast, but also for this uh, series uh, on family matters, mm. is to exemplify what it means to be a Christian, hence our name, That Christian Next Door. And it comes across to me like the definition of Christian is under some attack. Mm. Um, uh, we did just say that you know, the numbers of Christians attending church, the numbers of those identifying as Christian, but particularly practicing as Christian, is reducing. There is also a movement where the definition of what is Christian, who can be Christian, is under attack. And, and there is a move in the secular world to claim that title and to allow people to identify as Christian despite not actually on a day-to-day -day basis doing anything that would show a Christ-like nature. And this has also been in the news in Ireland lately. And I'm aware it's not the job of any human being to exclude anybody from the family of God. Mm. Uh, it is God's job to be the judge. But we can certainly say conclusively that there are standard behaviors in Christianity that cannot be compromised. And we can speak to that, as many in the Bible mm. did. So to you, 
What is Christianity? Right. Christianity, when I was trying to piece out what I would call a Christianity, I was even looking at it from a family point of view. Um, it's about family, it's about, um, and I've said that the family, um, the family that submits to the Bible as a final authority, not what people think or feel, um, what we feel, think, changes with time and the season this era this is what it is and suddenly the next year or whatever down the line they say oh there's another trend now we submit to the bible as a final authority family that embraces and confesses jesus as, as lord and savior and that is beginning to be eroded away you know believing that there are multi ways of you know salvation and things like that and people are not privileged to be able to Verbalize it. There are many other religions that they are ready to say so and pay the price even with their blood. The question is why a Christian not strong enough in their faith? We've had testimonies of people who did that in the past. So what is missing? Okay, a family that loves God above all else, even in itself. That's the person. Who is a Christian who is a person that loves God above all and ready to go all the way? If a, if a person or a family that loves his neighbor as is natural, naturally loves itself. These days it's me, myself, and I. That's selfishness. You 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 can't love a person and go and steal the person's thing. You can't love a person and still be hot on the person. And that that's Christianity. And sometimes you unfortunately see that even in the body of Christ in the church and you see some actions being put up again. Mm, is this person really a Christian? You say, I hate this person. Why can you, how, why should you be able, for heaven's sake, why do you have to hate the person? I can't stand that person in a meeting. Leaders meeting, church leaders meeting. And actually someone will just come out and walk out of the meeting. Uh, I doubt your Christianity to be honest. You know, if a family or a person that lives out the gospel is a Christian. The Bible talks about not just the, the hearers only, but the doers. And we keep coming to church every now and then, you know. Thank God for the good music, though. Yeah. <laughs> but the real thing is the doing, you know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, a family or a person who's, who is spirit-filled. A living creature at an atmosphere where love and holiness grows. That that's a Christian. That's a that's a Christian. If a, a person or a family that understand and submit to God's authority structures and how each member of that family should help one another, that's a Christian. A person who understands the structure and how he himself is a light and a salt to his community, that's a Christian. It doesn't have to be in the church alone. That, that's my view, anyway. You know, I was just checking there. There is a, a scripture, I believe in John, where Jesus talks about how these things they will do because they never knew me. Mm. They, don't, they don't know the Father, and yeah. do they know me. And I guess, you know, it really comes back to this idea that by the fruits, and, and I, I latched onto what you said about the person saying something and storming out of the room, right. that then, you know, it, it shows that, of course, sometimes you get in the heat of the moment, mm. but there are certain actions when they are repeated and they are, you know, I guess embedded uh, in, in who we are that show that we might say we know him, but actually we don't really know him. Know him. Yeah. Now, the, 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 there is an understanding that when, when we come in contact with God, we acknowledge we are sinners. And then that transformation that happens, it happens in our spirit man. Mm. It's a drastic, complete change in our spirit man. But not in our nature. Yeah. So that's where the sanctification comes in. That's where it's the breaking. And it is the word of God. The study of the word of God. The reminiscing of the word of God. The help of the Holy Spirit that begins to break you and remold you. Mm. To become like Christ. Yeah. And that's when we say the fruit of the Spirit. It doesn't just come pop out like that. It grows. Yeah. It comes. It drinks from the ground and goes through the stem and through the branches over a period of time. And it's not edible. Mm. You know, and you know what type of fruit it is. Mm. 
This is an apple. This is a pear. Mm -hmm. You see it. You know it. You can touch it. You can feel it. Until that happens in our life. When Christians, we're just religious people. Yeah. There's the difference between being religious and being a Christian. Yeah. And the Christian word itself is a title given to people. Actually, it was a mockery yeah. of people who were behaving like Christ. I had a story of a guy, a tiny guy who went to, very small boy, went to church and his pastor was preaching and was talking about the behavior of Christ and, you know, Christ like gentle, loving. You know, yeah. I said, I know, the next Sunday, he just rushed, went to his pastor and said, Pastor, I saw Jesus. He said, oh, oh, oh. He said no, no, actually, Jesus is in our village. And the man, he was so, so firm on this thing. And then, you know, the pastor goes around to do visitation. And when the pastor came into the village, he said, yeah, you came to see Jesus, yeah. And, I, he, said, and he had to say, okay. Yeah. So, so, so where is this Jesus? I said, no, no, wait. Wait, exactly three o'clock is going to pass in. Just what? He didn't allow the pastor to go. <laughs> and suddenly he saw one man just... At exactly that time, he was walking across the front of the house. Mm. And he rushed out, he was like, and he went to the man, he just said hello to him, only to discover that he was a Christian. Mm. It was the character he matched just like Christ. Mm. And that, that made him a Christian, not the title. Mm. Not because your parents or your dad or whatever, they go to church or you've been going to church all your life, doesn't make you a Christian. Anyway, so God it, help us. It, it's a collection of behaviors. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's word yeah. that you're saying with your mouth. Yes. It's, it's just your whole outlook on life and, mm -hmm. and how you act on a day-to-day -day basis. The, the, the biggest part of it would be you never know how strong a person is on his opinion. Sometimes they call some people they are opinionated. They, mm -hmm. I don't know how mm -hmm. to pronounce that word very but they have strong opinions. Mm -hmm. You never know how that person is until when there is a contrary opinion to that person's opinion. Yeah. yeah. If you agree to the opinion, good, nice. But when you say, oh, no, let us do it this way, oh, suddenly you now see. Most times, you don't know a Christian until when what they want is contrary to what God wants for them. Yeah. And when sense. you are able to say, okay, you know, if you God, I don't want it, I don't like it, but... If you say so, I'll let it be. Mm. That is a Christian. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of people who want to nowadays pursue a particular way of life, mm. a particular choice. And when faced with the facts of the Bible and when faced with at least the established theories and the established revelations of mm. God to mm. Christians about how you live life and the kind of behaviors there's a clash there and they don't want to change that. No, no, they don't they don't they don't want to change that. I I I, I wasn't a I was was it not last Sunday I was with a particular church uh, Christ Life Christian Center and um I was talking to the singles and we're talking about dating and everything and, and I had to first of all from the beginning I had to establish the fact that come listen to me I'm not coming here to just try to change you because I know I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be wasting my time. Mm. Your change depends on you. Mm. I'm going to say what I have to say. And I'm going to strictly say based on the word of God. It's your choice to listen to it or not. Because mm. I'm up against what the other podcasts out there. The thousand and one of them on relationship. Thousand and one of them talking about what dating is. Redefining it in their own view. And making it look like. That's it. Because it's a well-known TV station. Because it's a prominent uh, pop star or actor or something. And they say something and suddenly that becomes the, 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 the great vine. That's like, the, you know. And people have printed that in their head. Mm. And the reason why they actually accept it is because it suits them so well. Yeah. So when you come with contrary views, mm. a very interesting one like, don't kiss before marriage. Is it really? <laughs> Who does that? Fine. But here, yeah, we all don't frown at the word when they say, you may not kiss the bride. Yeah. That means you, whatever you were doing before, you were stealing the kiss. Yeah. This is the proper one. You may now. <laughs> so, and everybody went, oh, okay. But it does, at this point, a hmm. couple of years back, it was a big deal. Now, it's not a big deal. So when do you draw the line 
the only standard, the standard in China and America, Asia and everything, can be very different, but it's the word of God that can be the only yardstick that is steady. And this word has stand the test of time. It was written within the span of 1,500 years by 40 different uh, authors with different backgrounds. Doctors were there, the poorest were there, the poets were there, engineers, all manner of people putting everything together and everything sank so well. Yeah. United. Unshaken. And this word still brings about a spiritual transformation in people's life. And you tell me it's nothing. People just don't want to take what is right for them. I, I think there is a, a good point you make there that people are looking for standards that suit them. Yeah. And I know I understand as well that there is a move in the world to improve, you know. So when we've done things bad in the past, when we've castigated people and, you know, punished people for certain choices they've made, it, it's not the right way to go about things. And I understand that there is a move in the world to broaden relations, to be more inclusive, to to be more representative of the needs of the populace of the population but it still doesn't change what is in the word of god and what is in the word of god are our particular set of rules and standards and behaviors that are advocated and the fact of it is if you want to identify as christian mm. you have to go by the word of god mm. but if you don't want to then you can do everything else I think that it's unfair if you are to join certain clubs. Hmm. They don't bend their rules. Yeah. Some some of these rules of these associations and groups and clubs and everything are so stringent, so tough. Hmm. Say sorry if you want to, that's it. Hmm. Some would have to get you to do some terrible things that anyway you hear it is a bad thing. Yeah. But yeah, that's the standard. Nobody says anything about that. Mm. But then when it comes to God, that's the one you could do, you know, do anyhow. Yeah. Well, it, I think it doesn't make sense. Yeah. You want to join the place, they tell you you pay your fee. You pay certain fee on a regular basis. You want to be you're an accountant or you're a, you're a professional. There's a fee you pay. So suddenly you feel that it's not right to pay tithe. It's, do you understand that kind of a thing? Yeah. Suddenly money is, is not good for church, but mm. it's good for other organizations mm. to be to run there. I don't know. That, that's the society we are right now. But the question is, where does it end when there's no standard? Yeah. Suddenly the society is now becoming the standard of the people of God. And that's not right. Mm. That's not right. Not to, it, it's not for people to decide what the standards are. God has decided that. It's not for people to take heaven from God and say it belongs to us. Mm -hmm. it, it's it's God's yeah. property. This... It's, it's for God to decide. <laughs> it's like one of my one of the things my daughter says. Say, what is yours is mine. What 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 is mine? It's mine. <laughs> I said that. Yeah, come on, that's <laughs> that's not fair. Yeah, yeah. But uh, if we're gonna be the only thing, I think that we should quickly chip in when we're talking about this area is this: in an attempt to. To establish the council or the standards, mm. it still has to be done gracefully. Yeah. It still has to be done with the love of Christ. Yeah. Rather than it being judgmental, rather than being like you're the bad, I'm the good, it, it doesn't it doesn't still portray Christianity. And and you probably see that again in the life of the prodigal son and the brother and everything that you know but, but there's a need for us to also have a heart like, okay, this is what you are, but here, the love of Christ is there. Yeah. You can't afford to hate because of what people are doing or whatever. You know, you still have a... We can't give up on anybody, yeah. especially when God is not giving up on any, anyone. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's actually a very good point you make because um, I guess when you are in a club, so to speak, or when you're in a group, and, and as you said, there are rooms of this group, there's an entry fee or whatever mm -hmm. it is, right. it, it is a tendency, a human tendency to want to exclude if you don't meet the criteria. Right. 
one of the things about Christianity, I guess, is that it's not people, it's not human beings that make the rules. Right. It's God that makes the rules. Right. And I think one of the reasons, potentially, why sometimes Christians are as quiet as they are is because they recognize that it's actually not their place. Uh, you know, it's God that chooses, it's God that sanctifies. Uh, so I, I think sometimes there's a, a drawback. I, I think as well that all that said, for instance, now, if somebody who identifies as homosexual or if somebody who identifies as, uh, you know, as not a person or as an atheist or whatever it is, if they decide, okay, I'm going to come to church. That's perfectly fine. And I think, you know, it, it, it's a tough one for people to, to accept and to understand. But I think it's perfectly fine that whoever anybody is, regardless of their beliefs, regardless of how they dress, they are welcome to stay in the presence of God, to come. Because in Jesus' time, there were many people who were around him who were not what people uh, thought they uh, should have been. At the point, they were really worried about Jesus. Yeah. Man, this guy, he's always going to the Republicans and going and actually eating with them. Yeah. Can you imagine? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. if if there's a there's a there's a there was a crusade and I think it's still going on so many places, really called it call something, what would Jesus do? Mm-hmm. You know, so sometimes I in our church, when I was trying to do a series in our in all our branches on um, evangelism, I said, and I and I I mean, I was very graphic about the picture. I said, mm-hmm. if Jesus was just landing from high, mm-hmm. and our church is here, you know, we are spiritual people. You said, yeah, 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 yeah. And I said, well, it's <laughs> spiritual for him, you know. <laughs> and I said, I said, and we're doing, you know, we're doing one of those revivals that the fire is burning and everything. We are clapping, singing, and everything. That, and then there's a club right opposite us. Mm-hmm. And there's some other, you know, people who are skimpy, you know, skimpy dresses and everything, you know, are outside and there's some are drinking, taking, actually they're taking their drugs and everything and the dance is still going on. I said, if Jesus land right in the middle of the, the two of us, where will he go to? Yeah, yeah. And then come and hear the views of everybody. Yeah. Yeah. They say, oh, obviously, well... <laughs> <laughs> I said, can I shock you? Do no, <laughs> you know he'll be going into the club? Yeah. Not because he wants to dance, because because there are souls there yeah. that needs to come to the knowledge yeah. of God. Yeah. We need to understand that. If we have that at the back of our mind, it will change our orientation and our and our love for God. Uh, this part of it speaks volume about the love of the Father. Mm. It's uh, it's unchanging. Is our reaction that make about that determines what we get from him? But he's he's always loving. The question is, can we be that loving? Yeah. Can we be that um, um, pure in heart to accept people for who they are? Now we're not saying I agree to what you're doing, but you're a human. Your person and and, and this this and you have free will. Yeah, you have free will. Now, now the free will is not. If you look at the book of Genesis, right from that story, we see God giving man a free will. There was, you can eat anything, but this one don't eat. Now, what that really means is not, the free will is not a free will to do everything, everything and everything. You know, it's a free will to, because we are created for good things. Mm. A free will that we have is to choose the good. Mm. Not because we are forced to choose the good. So that the credit and the blessings that come is justified because it was your choice to pick good. That's why they must put something there to, to so that if there was no bad, then automatically you have to do the good. Mm. But there's bad. So if you choose to do good, it's because you want to, not because God forced you to it. Mm. So God wants you to earn mm. that desire to serve him. He wants, it's not because otherwise we will be robots. So so he gives us that room to make a choice of what we want to do, that free will. So if God gives you a free will, it's, it's, let us not take take advantage of that. Let us not abuse it. Let us make it available to other people too. And I told someone one time, if you go to the hospital, are you shocked when you see somebody's head being bandaged and his leg tied up mm. in the sky, like you know, when, when they suspend people's legs and everything? Are you surprised to see people there? Mm. Say no. 
Are you surprised to see somebody that is almost dying in the hospital? No. Why? Because it's the right. It came right. for treatment. Yes. Yeah? That's where they should be. That's where they should be. So if you see a prostitute coming right into the church, hmm. will you be surprised? Oh yeah. Why? 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 What? What's, what's he doing there? He will quarrel them. No. 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 It's she, She's coming to the right place where she can get the type of healing. There is physical treatment and there are spiritual treatment that people, and it is only the word of God. We have seen it happen so many times where the worst criminals have turned to Jesus and their life totally transformed. We have prostitutes who have become pastors. Yeah. Yeah. We have seen hardened drug lords giving their life to Christ. Yeah. So I, I think we Christians need to real. <laughs> re-educate ourselves to as well and, and be more welcoming. Actually, when I when a study has been done, one of the highest complaints about the body of Christ is mm -hmm. the, the, the judgmental nature that they have. Mm -hmm. That the people who love, have loved to come to church have been pushed away because of that condemnation and that judgmental thing. That's, it's been extensively researched and that's it. So why do we have to join the ads to the numbers? I guess just to um, tie up this section of, right. of what we're saying is okay. um, I, I think there is certainly a place and I think you would agree for the word to be spoken mm. but to be spoken without human judgment. Right, sir. Yes, sir. That, that's, uh, that, that's, that's the conclusion, yeah. yeah. And um, this is it. As long as the ability to speak that word isn't taken away, mm. right? We because sometimes it. that word can be sweet but then sometimes it can be hard to hear right but as long as that ability to say the word can be said and is protected as mm -hmm. all type of speech is protected right then that's okay amen amen that's okay amen i agree with you that on that yeah, yeah. i agree with you on that you have been listening to the that christian next door podcast for more information on the podcast our activities and to get in touch you can find us on www.thatchristiannextdoor.com or on our various social media platforms, including Instagram, at That Christian Next Door, or at Pure Milk and Strong Meat. Alternatively, you can always get in touch with us by email at thatchristiannextdoor at gmail.com. Jesus loves you dearly. <laughs>